Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 11 of Revelation chapter 11, and we're continuing to look at verse 9, where it says, And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half, and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. And this is referring to the dead bodies of the two witnesses, and we've seen that uh, the two witnesses uh, identify with Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophets, and and uh, that in turn would identify with the word of God, the Bible. And also the true believers have identification along with the two witnesses because they are the messengers of the truth of the word of God. And, and, and so when God speaks of the two witnesses lying dead in the street of the great city where our Lord was crucified, and that can only be Jerusalem, and and that would point to the churches and congregations at the time of the end, and their, their dead bodies um, uh, lying dead in the street indicate that the word of God within the churches is ineffective. It, it's no longer... Uh, powerful. There is no blessing of God upon it. The Spirit of God is not operating within those churches. And, and so the, the witness of the true believers within the congregations would also be impacted by that. And also the corporate church, which identifies with the Word of God, and they are themselves in relationship with God outwardly. They are a part of the corporate body uh, during the church age, which was the outward representation of God's kingdom on earth. And, and so they also are viewed, in a sense, as lying dead in the street by the people of the world. And that's why it says they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations, four people groups pointing to uh, the universal scope of the judgment of God on the church, which uh, has spread to all the nations of the world and all the nations of the world, all the people, all the tongues, the various languages that are spoken around the world all the kindreds, the tribes of people all over the earth are uh, witnesses to this this tragedy, this awful thing that the uh, witness of the gospel that had been ongoing for almost 2,000 years, 1,955 years. God was in the midst of the churches, using them, and and uh, blessing uh, individuals all over the earth through them, through the the testimony of his word, the two witnesses within the congregations. And now 
it's all changed. It's all over. Their, their testimony is finished. And they are as dead corpses for this three and a half day period, which points to the first part of the Great Tribulation. And, uh, and, and notice it says at the end of verse nine, and this is referring back to the people, kindreds, tongues, and nations. Uh, it says, and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. That is, the people of the world, or these nations, the Gentiles. Uh, remember at the beginning of uh, Revelation 11, it said in verse 2, But the court which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles. And the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. And the Gentiles are the nations. It's a um, translation of the same Greek word. In both the New Testament and Old Testament, God uh, has a word that could be translated as Gentile or nation. And and so the the people, kindreds, tongues, and nations are the ones seeing their dead bodies and not suffering their dead bodies, that Greek word potoma, the headless corpse, because Christ the head of the church has departed. They're not suffering this corpse to be put in graves. They're um, giving every evidence that they're dead. It's obvious they're dead. They're They're like a carcass that fowls of the air are landing upon, feeding upon, and yet, um, according to this verse in Revelation 11, the people of the world, the Gentiles, are not allowing this shameful corpse, which is the church, to be buried, to be put in a grave. And you know, we, we have to uh, realize that, uh, first of all, the people of the world do not have that kind of power. They don't have that kind of ability to prevent um, a burial of the corporate body, the, the, the church and congregation that was used by God as his, again, his uh, uh, representatives to all the people of the world unless God gave that to them. It's really of God that Satan was loosed. It was of God the Holy Spirit at at that same time came out of the church. It was of God that Satan overcome them as the beast and kill them. And it was of God that their dead corpse, their their headless corpse, lie there, for everyone to see, and and it was of God that they not be buried, uh, that they not be allowed to be put in graves. Now, where it says, and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves, that's that's what it means, not allow, not permit. Uh, this same word is found, the, the word suffer, in Matthew 23, where the Lord is... Um, is condemning the scribes and Pharisees. And he says in Matthew 23, verse 13, But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For ye neither go in yourselves, 
neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. That is, it, it's as though the, the scribes and Pharisees are somehow preventing those that would enter into the kingdom of heaven from entering in. And again, uh, if someone is one of God's elect, no one can prevent them from uh, being drawn and finally saved and and ushered into the glorious kingdom of heaven. But God permits many false religions. God permits many false gospels. God allows the uh, operation of Satan to uh, develop lies and deceit and and to try and get as close to the true gospel as possible. And God allows individuals to be ensnared and caught in those kinds of gospels. And, and so on one hand, yes, it is, it is that gospel. It is the scribes and Pharisees that are not suffering people to go in because they don't have the true gospel. They don't have an actual door ministered to their hearers that could bring them into heaven. But ultimately it's God that, uh, is behind everything. God's will is perfect. He is able to orchestrate all events. No one is kept out of heaven, nor has ever been kept out of heaven because of the underhanded dealings, because of the falsehoods and, and, and false gospels that are out there. That is Satan's hope. That is Satan's uh, a great um, fight and as he fought against God down through the centuries and why he tried to imitate and imposter Christ and the true gospel in order to uh, one day just prevent and keep one of God's elect from going into the kingdom of heaven. If only he could have done that, then he would have made the gospel of none effect and yet he was never able to do that he he could never prevent one individual that god obligated himself to save from being saved and uh, it, it was just impossible for him to do well uh let's look at the idea that revelation 11 in verse 9 presents and that is of a dead body, a dead body of the church, a dead body of that which represented God on earth, and and a dead body that is not permitted to be buried. And we do have other language in the Bible that gets into this very same topic. For instance, in Psalm 79... I'll read the first three verses. This is the Psalm of Asaph, Psalm 79, beginning in verse 1. O Jehovah, the heathen are come into thine inheritance. Now here in verse 1, the English word heathen is a translation of a Hebrew word that could be translated Gentiles or nations. And and so uh, this matches Revelation 11 where it speaks of the Gentiles uh, coming against the holy city. O Jehovah, the Gentiles are come into thine inheritance. Thy holy temple have they defiled. 
they have laid Jerusalem on heaps. The dead bodies of thy servants have they given to be meat unto the fowls of the heaven, the flesh of thy saints unto the beasts of the earth. Their blood have they shed like water round about Jerusalem, and there was none to bury them. You see, the picture is of an enemy force, the heathen, the the nations coming against the people of God. And of course, historically, that's what the Babylonians were. They they were heathen that came against Judah, that came against Jerusalem, that slew the people of God literally with the sword and the the body certainly would have been lying out for a period of time and and that is a historical picture that God is painting of the spiritual reality of what took place at the time when the church age ended when Satan was loosed and came against the camp of the saints and overcame them and slew the two witnesses the dead bodies of thy servants are are laying out there for the fowls of the heaven, and there is none to bury them. You know, we'll see that that's actually a very significant statement God is making. And of course, everything in the Bible is significant. but But it's not only that the dead bodies are laying there, but the dead bodies are laying there because there is none to bury them. And if there were someone to bury them, well, they wouldn't be lying there for the fowls to feed on. And so let's let's keep that in mind as we read further in Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 14. It says, beginning in verse 13, Then said I, Ah, Lord Jehovah! Behold, the prophets say unto them, Ye shall not see the sword, neither shall ye have famine, but I will give you assured peace in this place. Then Jehovah said unto me, The prophets prophesy lies in my name. I sent them not, neither have I commanded them, neither spake unto them. They prophesy unto you a false vision and divination, and a thing of naught, and the deceit of their heart. Therefore, thus saith Jehovah concerning the prophets, that prophesy in my name, and I sent them not. Yet they say, sword and famine shall not be in this land. By sword and famine shall those prophets be consumed. And the people to whom they prophesy shall be cast out in the streets of Jerusalem because of the famine and the sword. And they shall have none to bury them them, their wives, nor their sons, nor their daughters, for I will pour their wickedness upon them. And once again, we see the familiar language um, in the book of Jeremiah, as Jeremiah is a book in which God is um, emphasizing and greatly focused upon the judgment that comes upon a rebellious people, and Jeremiah is a book that uh, is teaching us about the judgment that begins at the house of God 
at the time when the end of the world begins, the end of the church age, and and all that uh, began to happen back in May of 1988. And again, God speaks of the sword and famine killing the people, and um, and they shall have none to bury them. Now, the sword would point to the word of God in the famine, to the fact that the Holy Spirit is no longer present in the church when the sermon is preached, and uh, they're they're preaching from the Bible, they're they're preaching perhaps faithfully to what the Bible has to say that particular day, but there is no Holy Spirit to bless it to the ears of the listeners. And, and therefore, there's a famine in the land, in the church land, not a famine of bread and water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord, because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, but hearing cannot come unless God opens the ears to hear. And, and he's not doing that. That's why there's a famine in the church, and this famine will kill those that are uh, left in the churches, and and actually has killed. This this is all past tense. God has accomplished this not only upon Judah of old, yes, that's past, but also upon the churches. The twenty-three year great tribulation period has come and gone, and and God has slew all that were in the churches. The third part, uh, all professed Christians that remain in the, in the church, the corporate body, are killed. Uh, and, and they had none to bury them. Well, let's also, uh, while remaining in Jeremiah, go to Jeremiah 16. And it says in verse 4, They shall die of grievous deaths. They shall not be lamented, Neither shall they be buried, but they shall be as dung upon the face of the earth, and they shall be consumed by the sword and by famine, and their carcasses shall be meat for the fowls of heaven and for the beasts of the earth. For thus saith Jehovah, Enter not into the house of mourning, neither go to lament nor bemoan them, for I have taken away my peace from this people, saith Jehovah even loving kindness and mercies. Both the great and the small shall die in this land. They shall not be buried, neither shall men lament for them, nor cut themselves, nor make themselves bald for them. Again, they will die, they will not be buried, and God is taking away peace from this people. And, and of course, Jesus is our peace. And, and that's exactly what that is referring to. Christ has been removed from, uh, the church and, and that results in spiritual death. And, and God has left their carcass, the carcass of the dead bodies of his saints lying in the street as they identify with the word of God that is lifeless in the churches and there is, it didn't say it here, but, but, um, it's implied there's no one to bury them. There is none to bury. Now, 
Let's think about this, uh, about why God uh, does say that there is none to bury. And what would it mean if there was someone to bury? Well, burial in the Bible can point to salvation. In Romans chapter 6, I'm not saying it does all the time, but it can according to the language that God gives us in Romans 6, uh, beginning in verse 3, it says there, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So uh, here it mentions we are buried with him by baptism into death. And that would be the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Not water baptism, but but baptism that God must baptize us with through his spirit. And, and that could only be if we uh, were predestinated to receive it if Christ had died for us from the foundation of the world. And then uh, if, if that was the case, he would have applied his redemptive work to us at some time in our life before ending his salvation program. And we would have been baptized into his death. Now, it, it says a similar thing in Colossians. In Colossians chapter 2, it says, beginning in verse 11, In whom also you're circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also you're risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who has raised him from the dead. So, again, we are buried with him. Now, one of the implications that um, the dead bodies of the saints, and and this would uh, point to those that are not saved, that are professed Christians, that are in the churches and congregations, and it could also point to uh, perhaps an elective God who later on would come out of the church, remember the dead bodies are lying dead in the street for three and a half days, the first part of the Great Tribulation, and and there's none to bury them, according to other scriptures we saw in, in the Old Testament. There is no Lord Jesus Christ in the midst of the church any longer that could cause them to be buried with him in baptism so that there would be salvation. And since there is none to bury, they remain in open shame. They remain lying there for their their death for all to see all in the world. Well, I think that's what uh, one of the things that God is uh, pointing to as he emphasizes in some places that there's none to bury. Let's just look at one last place in this study, in Jeremiah chapter 25. 
It says in, uh, beginning in verse 30, Therefore prophesy thou against them all these words, and say unto them, Jehovah shall roar from on high, and utter his voice from his holy habitation. He shall mightily roar upon his habitation. He shall give a shout as they that tread the grapes against all the inhabitants of the earth. A noise shall come even to the ends of the earth. For Jehovah has a controversy with the nations. He will plead with all flesh. He will give them that are wicked to the sword, saith Jehovah. Thus saith Jehovah of hosts, Behold, evil shall go forth from nation to nation, and a great whirlwind shall be raised up from the coast of the earth, and the slain of Jehovah shall be at that day from one end of the earth, even unto the other end of the earth, They shall not be lamented, neither gathered, nor buried. They shall be dung upon the ground. Now, this passage is referring to the nations of the world. We saw verse 30 mention the inhabitants of the earth. Verse 31, Jehovah is a controversy with the nations. Verse 32, from nation to nation. And and then verse 33, the slain of Jehovah shall be at that day from one end of the earth, even unto the other end of the earth. And uh, this is clearly indicating it's the judgment upon the world. And even as we look at the overall chapter of Jeremiah 25, this is the cup that was first given to Jerusalem, is now transferred and given to the nations. So we're on solid ground when we say this is picturing judgment day for the world. And yet we find similar language, almost identical language, to the judgment that God brought on the church, where uh, there was the killing of the two witnesses. The Psalm 79 speaks of the dead bodies of the saints, and there is none to bury and the fowls are feeding upon them. Well, the reason for this is, that, again, it's the similar cup. It's the same cup of wrath, the identical cup, not similar, the identical cup. The spiritual judgment that first came upon the church is now upon the world, and God has slain all the unsaved people of the earth, and in a real way, it's as if... They are all walking around, yes, physically, but spiritually they have all been killed, and it's as if their dead carcasses are lying all over the world, because once God shut the door of heaven, and and then he established the righteous would be righteous still, and the filthy would remain filthy, for all intents and purposes, God slew them with the sword of his word, and he killed them all, and yet they're not buried. And and there is none to bury them, because the Lord Jesus Christ has departed, as far as saving goes, from this world. There is no more salvation. There is no possibility any can be buried with him in baptism any longer. Thanks for joining us for E-Bible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. 
You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.